0: Good morning, and welcome to the radio broadcasts of the Brinesburg Missionary Baptist Church.
1: Good morning, and welcome to our online service on this uh, beautiful day, Palm Sunday. And uh, we welcome you who are watching us by Facebook Live and on TV today. We're so glad you're with us. And we may be all over the place, but let's worship together as we begin remembering this Passion Week and what our Lord went through for us. I invite you to worship as we sing. We're going to begin by singing Jesus Messiah. And sing with me as we do that. Okay. Came sin, who knew no sin, that we might become His righteousness. He humbled Himself and carried a cross. Love so amazing, love so amazing. Jesus, Messiah, name above all names, blessed Redeemer, Emmanuel, the rescue for sinners, the ransom Messiah, Lord of all, His body the bread, His blood the wine, broken and poured out all So amazing, love so amazing, Jesus Messiah, name above all names, blessed be. Jesus name sa Savior he is. Join with me to sing this medley. Hallelujah. What a Savior. Man of sorrows, what a name for the Son of God. Who came Ruined Sinners To reclaim Hallelujah What a Savior Bearing shame And scoffing rude In my place Condemned he stood Sealed my pardon with his blood. Hallelujah, what a Savior. Lifted up was he to die. It is finished was his cry. In heaven, exalted high hallelujah. What a savior! When he comes, our glorious king, all his ransom. Oh Today, we remember this week and all that you went through. Oh, on this day, Lord, they cried, Hosanna, praise be, Hosanna in the highest. And a few days later, they cried out, crucify We remember, Lord, and we celebrate your great love for us. Lord, I don't know what else to say this morning, but we just love you. We worship you. And Lord, may your our worship be pleasing in your sight. Because through all this, Lord, you thought of us. In your name we pray. And did my Savior bleed, and did my Sovereign die? Would He devote that sacred hand for such a worm as I? Was it for crimes that I have done? He groaned upon the tree. Amazing pity, race unknown, and love beyond. And when I think that God, his son not sparing, sent him to die, I scarce can take it in that on the cross my burden gladly bearing, he bled and died to take away my sin crucified lay behind a stone you live to die rejected and alone like a rose trampled on the ground you took the fall thought of me above all sing again crucified laid behind a stone you lived to die rejected and alone like a rose trampled on the ground you took the fall, and thought of me above all. You took the fall, and thought of me above On the cross, we were on his mind. his mine on his mine I want you to conclude this with me singing the chorus of that great old hymn, the old rugged cross so I'll cherish the old rugged cross Till my trophies, at last I lay down, I will cling to the old rugged cross, and exchange it someday for a crown.
0: Today you'll be listening to the message preached by our pastor, Brother Brad Walker, during our Sunday morning worship service. May God bless you as you listen to his message.
2: Amen. Well, good morning, Briansburg. And uh, we are very glad to be back together uh, this morning, even if it has to be through television and through internet, just glad to be able to worship together and just so thankful to be reminded that we are the church and that regardless of how many different campuses that we may be on in our homes, sitting in our, in our living room or, or wherever it may be on our couch or in our, in our uh, recliner, uh, but just worshiping together. What a blessing it is to know that the same spirit that rose Jesus from the grave is the same spirit that's within each and every one of us, and that because of that, uh, we have the opportunity to worship together, and we have the opportunity to lift up our hearts, and to lift up our voices, and I hope that you've done that in your home, and that you are ready uh, to study God's Word together this morning. Uh, I, again, just as, as we begin, I want to thank you so much. Um, for, for just your generous heart and your uh, desire to continue to join the Lord in the work that he is doing. Again, last week you just gave such a generous uh, offering and, and you, you continue to send your tithes. And because of that, we continue to be able uh, to reach out and to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Both right here in our own community as well as throughout the state of Kentucky, uh, throughout our nation and the world uh, through our cooperative program, giving. And again, last week uh, we were able to, to be able to, to be a part of all of those ministries because you continued to give. And I want to remind you uh, that as we continue to give faithfully, it allows us to be able to support missionaries like we just saw uh, through the North American Mission Board. And uh, right now, again, is our time of year as we uh, get closer and closer to Easter. Uh, it's the time that we think about our, our North American missionaries uh, through the Annie Armstrong offering. And uh, we're about, I believe, uh, about uh, $2,000 away from meeting our goal, and so I want you to continue to pray about what the Lord might have you to give, uh, because I believe we are one of those churches who uh, can give, even when some other churches may not have the ability to do that, uh, that we can step in the gap there. Uh, as I told you, Kevin Isell, the president of the North American Mission Board, he reported to us that they're expecting a $40 million shortfall this year because of uh, the COVID-19 crisis hitting right in the middle of our focus uh, on giving and, and praying for our missionaries. And so uh, we have the opportunity to give, and so let's do that, and let's undergird these missionaries. Let's continue to support them and let them know that they are not alone in that work of taking the gospel throughout North America. Um, but again uh, today you have the opportunity to give Uh, there's three different ways that you can give Uh, first of all you can uh, send that offering uh, to 892 Brinesburg road benton kentucky 42025 Uh, you can bring it by on wednesday and again all you can do is just bring that by and leave it in the basket we can't allow you to do anything more than that But you can do that or, uh, again, now we do have our online giving option. You can go to www.bryansburgbaptist.org. In the top right, you'll see the Give button and you can give there and an opportunity for you to be able to uh, continue to be a part of what God is doing uh, through our giving and through our prayer support. And so uh, we're very excited about those opportunities. This morning, if you will, join me uh, as we turn in our Bibles to John chapter 11. John chapter 11 and uh, I just want you to know I'm very excited this morning about the opportunity to share this message. The Lord has just been stirring my heart this week. Uh, I have to say this is one of my favorite passages of scripture. You've heard me preach on it quite a bit in the past just because uh, this is what it's all about. Uh, He is the resurrection and the life and so this morning uh, as I believe we are all searching for quite a bit of hope right now. uh, Some of us are feeling pretty lonely. Some of us are feeling pretty isolated uh, but I want us to focus on hope when it doesn't make sense. And as you're turning there to John 11, let's, let's spend some time in prayer together this morning. Lord, Heavenly Father, we come to you today. And Lord, thank you for your great love for us. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to spend time in worship, Lord, even when we can't be in the same building, Lord, that we are still able to be together uh, through technology. And Lord, I don't think it's it, by happenstance that uh, this crisis has hit when it has at a time when we can still join together, when we can still find ways to have community, even without being able to physically be with one another. I'm thankful uh, for those of us who are able to get together um, through technology and have some Sunday school time together and share prayer requests and and share the needs on our hearts and to study your word together. And Lord, I'm thankful for the opportunity now to be able to, to worship even through television and through the internet. And Lord, we pray for all of those who are affected right now by COVID-19. We pray for healing uh, for those in our own community, in our state, and our nation, but also all around the world. We pray for healing that only you can bring. Lord, we pray for those doctors and nurses and all the medical staff that are on the front lines. Lord, I pray that beyond just the PPEs, Lord, that you would be the great protection around them. Lord, place a hedge of protection around all of those who are seeking to do what they can to help those who are most vulnerable. Uh, But Lord, most of all, I just pray that you might bring about um, a a complete um, cure for this disease and that, Lord, it might be done in such a way that it would be obvious that it was you, that it wasn't just medical science, that it wasn't just the intellect of men, but, Lord, that you intervene. And Lord, that we would be able to give you the honor and glory and praise that you are deserving of uh, because of that cure being found. Lord, today I pray that hearts would be stirred as we look here at John chapter 11. Lord, uh, I don't know if there's any passage of scripture um, that gives us any clearer indication of who you are than John chapter 11. And so Lord, I just pray that you would speak clearly to our hearts today. Lord, I pray that I'd be hidden behind the cross, that only you'd be seen, only you'd be heard. And that folks today that are watching, that don't yet have that relationship with you, that they might recognize that the resurrection of life, Lord, he wants a relationship with them. That he wants them to know what it is to be forgiven. That He wants them to know what it is to be in a relationship with the one who can change everything. Lord, stir hearts today as only you can. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I think probably one of the reasons that... I enjoy watching superhero movies uh, with my boys so much is that it seems like no matter what the situation, no matter what the circumstance may be in those movies, no matter how dire it may seem, that there's always hope. and just as a little disclaimer here, there may be some spoilers here on some of the things I'm going to say. I'm not going to name any specific movies, but you may know what I'm talking about. And so just, just be ready for that. But, you know, when we think about superhero movies, uh, there does always seem to be opportunity for them to come back out of the worst situation possible. Um, you know, maybe it's um, half of all the superheroes that you've come to care so much about from watching all these movies in just a matter of one supervillain's snap of the fingers, they're all gone. And it seems like it's hopeless. And yet all it takes is some very questionable quantum physics, science, I guess you might say. And uh, those same superheroes are back and they're ready to fight in one of the greatest final battles in, in, all, of, in all of those uh, genre of movies. Or maybe it's Superman. And he seems to... Have uh, lost all of his power and, and he's falling from the sky and, and he, he hits the ground and, and seems that he's dead and, and gone. He's placed in a casket even, and, and then suddenly there's a rumbling and, and, and he's back alive and he's ready to, to ride all of that has been wrong and he's ready to fight. He's ready to save the day once again. Or, or maybe it's in those Star Wars movies. A, a, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away where no one ever seems to really be dead. But there's something about that genre of movies. There's something a, a, about that, that idea that we seem to latch onto that we want to have as, as entertainment. That when all hope is gone, that something can happen and everything changes. I think we like that so much because in real life, we don't always get do-overs. There's a lot of times in life where the things that happen, there's just there's not a way to make it right. It doesn't seem. I know I've told you before. You know, a few years back, I I got a speeding ticket going home, uh, and uh, the the officer he didn't give me a do-over. Rather, he gave me a ticket and a nice invitation to to join in a traffic school. It wasn't a do-over there. Or maybe it's you know times in the past when I when I was younger I would. I would send an angry email or an angry text, and and you can't get those things back. And even today, there's some relationships that that have been hurt by those things, and there is no real do-over for that. But I think ultimately, the the area where there is absolutely no do-over, the the, the area that, that scares us the most, is death itself. You see, that's, I think, why we fight so hard to avoid death. It's the reason why right now we've basically shut down our country to avoid COVID-19 and the spread of this terrible virus because, because it brings with it death. And it brings with it uh, the, 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 the very clear fact that there are no do-overs in life. That if we get this wrong, there's what, no way to, to redo it. And so we fight so hard because death is so very real. It's the reason that we're willing to spend ourselves into never-ending debt if our loved one falls ill whether it be COVID-19 or cancer or heart issues or whatever else it may be we will spend whatever it takes to keep them alive because death feels so final it's the reason that we have grief counseling because death changes everything Mary Martha and Lazarus that's how that family was known they were thought of as a unit. These siblings were thought of as, as inseparable because that's what they were. And yet here in John chapter 11, now Mary and Martha's life has been changed forever. It seems like it's, it's over. Nothing will ever be the same because Lazarus, their beloved brother, is dead. He's gone. And he has been for four days. Nothing could ever be the same because in real life, there are no do-overs in the area of death. Men don't just come back from the grave. Then suddenly, enters the game changer. Jesus Christ, stage center, and everything's about to change. John chapter 11. In your homes, would you please stand with me in honor of the reading Of God's word. Let's look together, beginning in verses 21 and 22, and then we'll look at verses 32 and 33. 21 and 22. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now, whosoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. And then verses 32 and 33. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. And when Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. You may be seated. As we think about this passage of scripture, one of the first things that came to my mind this week was the idea of, from chaos... To order from chaos to order the second law of thermodynamics states that if left to its own devices everything in the, in the universe moves toward disorder and decay and so basically it's the idea of if, if, if something doesn't intervene that everything in our world We'll go from a place of of being in order to a place of being in disorder, to a place of being in in chaos. And so the idea here is you leave your yard, unmowed. You don't pull the weeds, you don't mow, you don't weed eat, you don't do anything for one year, for two years, for three years. After that amount of time, you're not going to come back to a pristine yard. Instead, you're going to need a chainsaw to get to your front door. Because things move from order to chaos. You think about your hair right now, maybe. You can't get to a hairdresser. Right now, some of us are, are experiencing what it is for things to move from order to chaos because of what our hair looks like. But, but more than just not being able to get your hairdresser and get a haircut, think about if you didn't run a comb or, or a brush through that hair for about six weeks probably they would start getting tip line calls that somebody had seen Sasquatch because it's going to look chaotic on your head. Or perhaps you fill your your grocery list and and you bring all of those refrigerated items back to the house and and you fill that refrigerator up with all kinds of of fresh meats and and all kinds of milk products and dairy and, and all those kinds of things. And then suddenly the electricity goes off for a few days. When you open that refrigerator back up, especially if you've waited a week or two with no power to that refrigerator, you're going to smell the smell of chaos. It's going to hit you when you open up that refrigerator because things move from a place of order to a place of chaos. Mary and Martha went from a life of order and stability to utter chaos with the death of their brother. Do you notice the response? of these two sisters that we see here in in these passages that we just read. Do you notice their response? They deeply loved Jesus. And we know from Scripture that Jesus deeply loved this family. And yet they are experiencing here overwhelming grief. This is the same Mary here who had anointed the feet of Jesus in verse 2. And it says... It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. And so this is is who we're talking about here. And yet now now their response to Jesus was seemingly passive-aggressive in tone. We hear them say, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Now, what they're saying here is, is, Lord, I don't blame you, but I'm not not blaming you either. In other words, you know you could have done something if you were here, but you didn't show up on time. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been that place in your life? Are you in that place this morning with the Lord? Lord, I trusted you and I trusted you completely. But you had the ability to stop this from happening. And you didn't do it, Lord. And you didn't stop this from coming into my life. Lord, I trusted you completely, but you didn't answer my prayer. And now all hope is lost. Lord, I don't blame you. But I don't not blame you either. We've all been there. There's times in our lives where we're hurting so deeply that that's just where we're at. You see, sin brought all of this junk into the world. The junk that we call sickness and the junk that we call abuse. The junk that we call hunger and the junk that we call addiction. The junk that we call divorce and the junk that we call racism. But ultimately, sin brought the junk that we call death into this life. All of this chaos is a result of sin and yet We like to blame God for it, don't we? Jesus asked the most important question any of us could ever answer in verses 25 and 26. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? Believest thou this? In the midst of the chaos, do you believe, in the midst of everything that's going on, do you truly still believe that Jesus can do the impossible? Do you believe that Jesus can bring life four days after hope has gone? Do you believe that Jesus can bring life when hope has been buried so long that it smells of decay? Do you believe that Jesus can bring revival in the midst of a global health pandemic? Do you believe that Jesus Christ can bring order out of the chaos? Do you believe? That leads me to the second idea here that we see in the life of Mary and Martha. From despair to hope. Don't miss the audacity of Jesus' statement here in verses 14 and 15. Remember what Jesus said to his disciples as they were heading back to Bethany in verses 14 and 15. Then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I'm glad for your sake that I was not there. To in the intent ye may believe, nevertheless, let us go unto him. Imagine for a moment, though, that you heard Jesus say those words. Imagine for a moment that you heard Jesus speaking those words, but he wasn't speaking those words to Lazarus. Because I think sometimes we lose what was really going on here because we didn't know Lazarus personally. Lazarus wasn't our brother. Lazarus wasn't our best friend. Lazarus didn't go to our church. And so sometimes I think we miss out on some of the weight of what's going on here. I think it it might help us if we put the name of a loved one in there who who we have seen pass away. Someone we were very close to. Maybe it's our spouse. Maybe it's one of our children. Maybe it's a grandchild. Maybe it's a member of our church that we were so close to that their death, it ripped a part of us out. And we hear Jesus speaking those words about our loved one. I think you might get a little upset. I think you might wonder why he would have made such a seemingly uncaring remark. You're glad, Jesus? You're glad that you were not here to keep him from dying, because we've seen you heal others, Jesus. We've seen you get there on time for others, Jesus, and you're glad that you weren't there on time? You're glad that, that he's dead? You're glad that this family is mourning a great loss? It's easy for us to get angry with God because we don't understand. So don't insert a period, though, where Jesus has clearly placed a comma. You hear me, church? Don't ever place a period where Jesus has placed the comma. You see, what we see here is that Mary and Martha, what we see here is that the whole community had put a period at the end of Lazarus's life. We all tend to look at death that way, though, don't we? It's the ultimate period at the end of someone's life, it seems so final. Because we're limited to our firsthand knowledge, to, to what we have seen and heard and smelt and felt and tasted in this physical life. And that's all we've known so far. Okay, well, you know, we've read about eternity. We, we, we've read about heaven. We, in Sunday school, many of us read that this morning. About life continuing after we take our final breath in this world. We know that. And we believe that. We have the Holy Spirit to give us assurance of the absolute truth of those words. However, we still all too often see death as the most final event of life. And yet Jesus, yet Jesus walks into the situation with the advantage of knowing the beginning and the middle and the end of the story. And so Jesus understands that this is a comma. This is not the period at the end of Lazarus' life. And so because of that, because we know that, these words don't seem so hurtful. Many of us read this account with with that same kind of understanding that we're not so shocked. We're not like the disciples. This statement doesn't, doesn't cause us to take a step back because we know what's about to happen. And wouldn't it be nice... If we could go through all the trials of life with that same kind of knowledge that we have of of so many of these biblical accounts. When we know the beginning and the middle and the end. Wouldn't it be nice right now if we had that kind of understanding? We wouldn't be so shocked at everything that happens in life. You know, it seems so hopeless right now. Maybe because of COVID-19. Maybe because of a health diagnosis completely different from, from COVID-19 that you're going through in your life right now. Maybe because your family is broken right now. Maybe because of the financial issues that you're experiencing right now. But whatever it may be, what if, what if, instead of seeing hopelessness, you were able to say, you know, it seems hopeless. It seems like a period, but I believe it's a comma. Because I know that in four days, or in four weeks, or in four, four months, or maybe even in four years... Jesus is going to show his power with such might that my life will never be the same. He's going to do something so incredible. He's going to resurrect my health. He's going to resurrect my relationships. He's going to resurrect my career. He's going to resurrect my ministry. Or perhaps, perhaps, if we had the proper understanding of eternity and what life really is, We would say, I'm going to experience true everlasting life once this time of trial is over. If we could understand and see the beginning, the middle, and the end. We would see the comma, not a period. And we would experience great hope rather than utter despair. But then thirdly, I want you to see here this morning, from death to life. What do you believe about Jesus? This morning, what do you really believe about Jesus? Again, I want you to put yourself in the place of these two sisters or anyone else in that community as they're watching and as they're listening to what Jesus is saying. And again, I know that that's hard. It's hard for us to remove our Sunday school and our Sunday morning sermon knowledge of this text and to place ourselves in the middle of what they were feeling. Because we know what's about to happen. It's shocking and as as once in a lifetime as it was, we know what's about to happen. And so it's hard for us to place ourselves in that same same, uh, sense of of despair that this community was feeling. So instead, I want you to place yourself back in that place that I asked you to place yourself in a a minute ago. And I know that's hard for many of us because for many of us, the grief that that we were feeling is, is very real right now. But in order to understand exactly what it means to move from death to life, I want you to do that for just a moment. Once again, I want you to put yourself, maybe it was your spouse, maybe it was one of your children, a grandchild, mom, dad, grandfather, grandmother, whoever it was, that closest person in your life that passed away, and you felt that grief so real that it was tangible. You could feel it. You could taste it. You could hear it. You could see it. It was that fresh. Place yourself back in that place of grief. Now, I want you to answer Jesus four days after that loved one's death. Four days. Not just the day after. Not just the day of the funeral. Not when everybody's coming by and giving the hugs and the support, but four days later. We've already left the graveside. The grave has been covered. Flowers have been placed on top. We've, we've left. It's four days late. And here Jesus, John chapter 11, verses 23 through 27. And Jesus said unto her, thy brother shall rise again. And Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection of the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am The resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? And she said unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. Wow. Wow. You put yourself in that face-to-face conversation with Jesus. And he's asking you those same questions in the midst of your grief. Four days. Four days after death. Your loved one is, is in the grave now. And he says, your loved one will rise. How do you respond to that statement? He says, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? In the middle of your grief, Would you be able to give that same kind of testimony as Martha gave? Would you be able to say, yes, Jesus, you are the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through you? Would you be able to give that testimony in the middle of your grief four days after hope should be gone? Martha, out of the depth of her despair, declares, I still believe in you. Jesus, even though it seems like it doesn't make sense right now, Jesus, I still believe in you. Even though you didn't show up when I prayed for healing before he died, I still believe in you. Even though the death and decay have already taken him, I still believe in you. Jesus takes that profession of faith and he moves forward now. He moves forward to minister to Mary. Mary was a mess she was weeping and we're told that as he came that Jesus wept as well now you see Mary was weeping because she felt death had won she 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 was feeling the full weight of grief Jesus wept because he loved this family yes he felt their pain and Jesus weeps when we weep but Jesus also wept because he was angry you say well brother Brad why was Jesus angry here Because this was not Jesus' design. And what I mean about that is that when Jesus, the agent of creation, spoke it all into existence, sin, disease, death, decay, they were not part of the original design. Now, I'm not saying to you this morning that he took Jesus by surprise. Jesus knew all things. He knew that we were going to choose to sin. He knew those things. But it was not part of his design. It's not what he wanted for us as children. He didn't want us to have to experience these things. We chose to bring sin into the equation. We we chose to go our own way rather than God's way. We chose sin over the Savior. Jesus wept because now every family has to endure this same painful experience time after time after time. And it wasn't part of his design. It's not what he wanted for us. And so he was angry. But you see, you cannot resurrect what has not died. And that's important for us to understand here. Now we begin to understand why Jesus would say what he said. That he was glad that he was not there before Lazarus' death. Because you can't resurrect what has not yet Died. Now, what do you mean by that, Brother Brad? See, Jesus now puts it all online. He says, remove the stone. Now, what has Jesus done throughout his earthly ministry already? He has turned water into wine. He has fed the multitudes with five barley loaves and two small fish. He has walked on water and calmed a raging sea. He has caused the deaf to hear. He has caused the blind to see. He has caused the lame to leap. However, if Jesus calls a dead man out of a tomb and he doesn't come forth, everything else will be forgotten. So Jesus is putting it all on the line because he had never raised one from the dead. Martha. Martha, who has just declared Jesus to be the great I am, basically who is saying, I believe you to be the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, knowing who she has just declared Jesus to be, says, no, Lord, it's been four days, and he is certifiably dead. At this point, he is stinking dead, is what Martha says. You can't roll away that stone, Jesus. And yet Jesus puts it all in line, and takes on the final enemy, death itself, in a one-on-one battle. John chapter 11, verses 41 through 44. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid, and Jesus lifted his eyes, and he said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me, and I knew that thou hearest me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he thus had spoken, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth bound hand and foot with grave clothes. And his face was bound about with a napkin. And Jesus saith unto them, Loose him and let him go. Amen. Now, what makes this even more amazing is that the Jewish custom was to wrap the body of the dead in hundreds of pounds of linen wrappings with ointment and spices in them. To just wrap and wrap and wrap. The hands would have been crossed, tightly wrapped to the chest. The feet would have been put together and tightly wrapped around so that the body was stiff and and, and as tight as possible wrapped together and then just the the head itself the head itself would have been wrapped with so many wrappings and with so much ointment that it would have measured a foot wide once the wrapping was complete and so the phrase came forth is accurate because he didn't walk out of that tomb he had to hop out of it because it was a miracle that, that he was even able to sit up with that amount of wrapping on much less to be able to stand up Really, what was coming out of that tomb was more like a mummy-type figure. As Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come forth. Nothing, not even grave clothes, was going to keep him from coming forth out of the tomb. And then as he comes to, to the mouth of that tomb, as, as the community is now seeing for the first time a dead man who has moved from death to life, they hear Jesus say, unbind him and let him go after being dead four days suddenly now Lazarus gets a second chance at life after being bound by grave clothes now Lazarus is set free after being considered a literal afterthought Lazarus is now the talk of the town Lazarus experienced what we will all experience when Jesus raptures his church We will all experience who have have passed away what it means to move from death to life. And this morning, I want you to know that you can experience that overwhelming joy of a second chance at life. If you don't yet have a personal love relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, I invite you to meet him, the one who is the resurrection and the life. You see, one day... And I believe that day to be very soon. If we look around at what's going on right now, I believe it is very, very soon. Jesus is going to call the name of each and every one of us who have trusted in him for our salvation. And one day, the dead in Christ will rise first and come forth with resurrection bodies from graves and tombs and seas and urns. And then those who are alive and remain We're told we'll meet him in the air. And on that day, I don't want you left in your grave clothes. I want you to be able to come forth, to be unbound. This morning, some of us are needing Jesus to show up, even if it seems four days late, because we understand that Jesus can resurrect that which seems to be hopeless and dead. He can literally bring life out of death. So what are you trusting Jesus for this morning? That if he doesn't show up, there is no other choice. Ask Martha and Mary. That's exactly the most blessed place to be. Because the good news is, when all hope seems to be lost... The resurrection and the life is coming to your town. And he changes everything. This morning, if you need Jesus, if you need a relationship with him, I want you to come. I want you to, to get in front of that screen, whatever kind of screen it is. And I want you to call either the church number or my number. The church's phone number is 270 527 And there'll be a deacon who will speak to you. If you'd like to speak with me here in just a moment, as soon as I say the final amen, I'll have my cell phone. And you can call me at 270-703-9900. You can call me, you can text me, but get in touch with me. And I want to talk to you. Maybe you just need somebody to pray with you. We'd love to pray with you. If you've got questions, Call, text. If you're on Facebook Live, I invite you, you can even just use Facebook Live, the comments there, and we'll get back to you. We'll we'll talk to you through that. If you need somebody to call you, just let us know that. You're not alone though. If the Lord's calling you to make a decision right now in front of that screen, the Spirit is there. If He's moving, you move. You make the decision that He's called you to make. What Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning, and we are so thankful that you are the resurrection. And the life. We are so very thankful that Lord we are never alone. And nothing is ever hopeless. Lord I thank you for for the resurrection power that rose not just Lazarus from the grave. But that rose you from the grave. And it's that same spirit that dwells within each and every one of us. That know you as Savior and as Lord. And so there is hope in what may seem hopeless. Lord there is order. And there is peace in what the world might seem to think should be chaos. Because you are here. And we are so thankful. Whatever the decisions that need to be made, I I pray that folks might call, that they might text, that they might message. And Lord, Lord, that folks would know that they are not alone, that you are here, and that you would love for us to talk with them and help them to know how they can have a relationship with you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. We love you, and we'll see you next week.
0: Thank you for listening to our broadcast today from Bryansburg Missionary Baptist Church. If you need spiritual help with the relationship with the Lord, please call 270-527-3757. Also, we would like to invite you to attend our services. On Sunday morning, Sunday school begins at 10 a.m., and our worship service is at 11 a.m. On Sunday evening, discipleship training begins at 5 p.m., with our worship service at 6 p.m. You may also view our Sunday worship services live on MediaCom Inspiration Channel 93. On Wednesday night, our worship service begins at 7 p.m. Once again, thanks for listening, and may God bless you and your family.